This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 355 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Growing your equine business. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Flirting with the World, EquiSketch, and listeners like you. This week, we check in with Ellie O'Brien from the hospital in New Zealand after breaking her back in a riding accident. Uh, we have Marshall Kelly of TA Guest Ranch in Wyoming, who tells us about this beautiful historical spot. Buck Harris helps us understand the finances of successfully growing your equine business. Plus, Coach Jen stops by for the Tack and Habit segment with her remedy for summer sores. Welcome to the Stable School, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the Stable, it's every week. We'll bring you the news through hell, hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. Sit on down and laugh till your poop Cause it's time again for Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop This is Glenda Geek And this is Helena B And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show On the Horse Radio Network Helena's having internet troubles So we have to talk fast We're going like to get really through the fast. whole show in five minutes yeah, it's yes. a router issue, apparently, because, you know, the web people company that I use for internet stuff, cable, they want to tell me it's not something that they have to fix. Of course. <laughs> of course, it's something you have to fix, not something they have so to I'll, fix. So I'll, I'll just randomly appear and disappear yeah. in this episode, and, you know, let's just blame it on Cox Communications. You sound good now, so you're, you're good for the next two minutes, and then we'll see I what happens. I sound good now. Good, good. Well, you know, I'm fresh off of my Bahamas vacation. Yes, we haven't had you in a couple of weeks here. No, let me tell you, I went, I went a long time, like, completely off the grid, being without cell cell service or internet service was a very interesting exercise. Did you start and it was to very break freeing. out in hives? Did you shake? I did. Did you have did. a little bit of withdrawal? I did, but then you know what? You know what happened? What, the ocean was there and it was pretty? The ocean and a nearby liquor store. <laughs> <laughs> that cured Mr. Bones withdrawal liquors. symptoms. <laughs> it was lovely. It was lovely. Yeah, you went yeah. to like a little island, didn't you? I went to a little island called Eleuthera, and if you want to see photos and read stories about our adventures there, you must log on to flirtingwiththeworld.com. There will even be a bikini pic or two. Wait a minute. I missed that. I have to get back there now. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the water pictures. Oh, my God. How many different colors of blue can you get? Oh, well, there's three up there right now. There will be four more shades of blue for you to look at. It is a, it's just a stunning, low key, no frills kind of island. Um, if you like warm, salty, beautiful water and friendly fish and super friendly people, oh my gosh, Bahamians really? are incredibly friendly and not in that contrived, you're a tourist, I want your money kind of way. It is a genuine, laid back, barefoot kind of friendly. Huh. I'm, I'm looking at, uh, you, you did an article on flirtingwiththeworld.com. It's called A Different Kind of Fun. And uh, you guys rent like houses or something or little cottages or something, don't you? We do. We go through a service called VRBO, which stands for Vacation Rentals by Owner. 
And it's a worldwide service. It started out as a small little internet company where people who own houses could list them for rent, you know, on vacation um, properties. And um, it's a it's way more affordable than going through any of the big resorts. But the downside is you have to cook your own meals and make your own bed. Mm-hmm. But you don't really have to deal with a thousand other American tourists or, um, you know, sleeping in a hotel room, which is fine. You know, hotels are fine. But we much prefer feeling like we have a home away from home. And they're very affordable. Huh, very cool. Very cool. Is the airport about the size of a post stamp? I mean, you have to fly in on a puddle jumper? We did not have to. We took an American Eagle flight in, which was, um, it's one of their smaller jets, but mm-hmm. it's still a, a double engine yeah. jet. This is an island that's totally worth it. It's, it's totally worth it. 110 miles long and only two miles wide at its widest point. Um, you know, cliffs to the Caribbean on the west and beautiful Beaches perfect for surfing and body surfing on the east side, right? Huh. East, west. Um, yeah, Is there just, one restaurant? Because I don't like to cook every night. There are. So along the island, there are little towns. And we stayed in a town called Gregory Town. And um, there's a lot of small stone houses. And people's homes often double as their businesses. So they will. There are little restaurants, Yes. Um, we had wonderful jerk chicken. We had barracuda. We had conch. We had all kinds of grouper, red snapper, all kinds of fish. Um, we even had buckhead rabbit one night that was, no, no, duck. He had duck this time, which was amazing. Hmm. So there's one, there's, there's two fancy, I want to, I don't want to call them resorts, but they're like, it's like, it's got these little villas on the water. It's called the Cove, and it's like really fancy, like super exclusive. But their restaurants open for, for dinner. So we went there, and um, it was nice. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was really nice. So you can go upscale if you want to, but there's like one or two places. Everything else is pretty much low key, barefoot. You eat what the locals are making, and it's good. Their food is fresh and delicious. Hmm. So what was the name of this town or island again? Eleuthera. Eleuthera. Yeah, in the Bahamas. And it's a direct flight from Miami. So you can you can fly from anywhere to Miami, and it's 45 minutes from Miami to Eleuthera. It goes direct. Very good. Well, I'm glad you had fun. We missed you, but I'm glad you had fun. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we are. Uh, we better get on with the show today. One, before your internet comes out again, and two, we have a ton of guests coming up. So let's get started right after this uh, commercial from Equasketch. Let's get started with. I had a chance late last night because we had to coordinate it with New Zealand time uh, to talk to Ellie O'Brien, who, as most of our listeners on Facebook know, about fifteen days ago she fell off uh, a horse and broke her back, and uh, she broke her L three in several places, and she's going to tell us about that. Uh, And she's in recovery now, still in the hospital, and wearing this really cool Star Wars-type brace. Uh, And uh, let's get caught up with her and see how she's doing and uh, what's going to be in store for her in the future. Glenn the Geek here. The life of horse person is hard enough, and we all hate doing the required paperwork, and unfortunately, many of us never get around to it, and it just piles up on our desk. 
That is about to change thanks to the Equisketch Records app for your iPhone or iPad. My wife and I use it to track our horses, and we absolutely love this thing. Equisketch Records is the most thorough and complete equestrian records app on the market today. We love this app because you can track your farrier work, your dental, your Coggins, medicines, worming, and so much more. And you can get reminders on your device when all of these things are due. You'll never forget a worming or shots or farrier visit again. But it not only tracks your horse, you can also manage your horse shows, including individual events. You can manage riders, including lessons and memberships and so much more. And you can sync it between your iPhone and your iPad, and all of this for the price of a couple of cups of coffee from Starbucks. Search for Equisketch Records in the iOS App Store or go to Equisketch.com. That's E-Q-U-I-S-K-E-T-C-H.com. Equisketch.com. Well, if you've been following Facebook and the show, you know, over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the fact that Ellie O'Brien, who does our training tips with us once a month, had the unfortunate mishap of becoming unlodged from her horse and hitting the ground rather hard at a wrong angle. Uh, we, we're going to have to send her to stunt school soon so that she can learn to fall better. But uh, she had she broke her back and uh, in her L three in several places had to have surgery and she's recuperating now. It's been it's been about fifteen days since she fell off, and we wanted to get her on the line so that all her fans could hear her voice and that she could let everybody know that she's still around and doing okay. How how are you, Ellie? Hi, Glenn. Thank you so much for having me on. And um, I'm doing really well. I'm keeping a positive mind and um, attitude towards everything. And um, I can see that that's paying off because um, I seem to be coming along in leaps and bounds. Yeah, when I when I saw the x-ray of your back, and when you saw the x-ray of your back, I'm sure that uh, you were as shocked as everybody else was. The L3 is the third one, uh, third vertebrae down from the top, right? Um, from the bottom. From the bottom, okay. And it yep, was broken many pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, I was um, really, really lucky because part of it had floated in towards um, and it was pressing against my spinal canal. Um, so I said that I was very, very lucky that I'm um, still able to walk. I've got a little bit um, less feeling and strength in my right leg, but um, boy, I'm just so thankful that I can still walk and um, I'll be able to return to um, riding and running and doing all of those um, things that we can sometimes take for granted. Well, I got to tell you, I really like your Star Wars brace. You look like a stormtrooper <laughs> or something. Like you should be in the st- Star Wars movie. I'm just saying. <laughs> I know. I actually, I think it's pretty cool too. I think I could um, use it for like a dress up later on or something. <laughs> I think you could. It probably helps a lot too. It's very high tech. It is. They said it's actually one of the latest ones out. So um, it's quite comfortable. It fits well to your body. And um, it. I feel a lot safer when it, I'm in it because I know that I'm not going to twist it in the wrong way or do something that I could um, potentially injure myself. Well, you know, years ago, they used to be shaped like a big corset. 
You know, that's basically what they looked like was this big corset and they were cumbersome and ugly and everything. Yours is just cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My mom keeps calling me Robocop. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give you a laser gun, you're gonna be you're gonna be deadly there at the rehab. Now, I know. <laughs> <laughs> now you're at rehab now, you've left the hospital, right? Um, still at the hospital, but just okay. in a different ward. Yeah, so okay. I'm in rehab and the elderly services. So um, I, I'm about 40 years younger than everybody else in here. <laughs> um, but it's cool. <laughs> I'm having some fun. <laughs> <laughs> You're the youngster of the group. I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, now you, you actually went to a different hospital to get the surgery that was further from home. You're back close to home again, right? Yeah, yeah. They um, took me about two hours away so it, to a specialty hospital um, to have the operation done. And I spent about nine days there. And then I was transferred back to Rotorua, which is my hometown, and back in our, our um, hometown hospital to recover. Well, I got to say hello to your dad because uh, he he actually contacted me like the day after to make sure we knew what was going on and has been keeping in touch. We've been conversing by Facebook uh, ever since then, and he's been great about, because I haven't wanted to bug you, he's been great about keeping us up to date on, on what's happening and how you're doing. So I wanted to say hi to him and thank him for that. Oh, that's just fantastic. I am so thankful for my parents' support and um, and everybody else who has sent me hundreds and hundreds of messages. And <laughs> I've just, as much as I've wanted to reply, I will get about or a line or so into it. And then there's something about the screen of my phone that just makes me like zonk out and I'll be asleep. Um, <laughs> and I will have sent this message that makes no sense. <laughs> I got one of those actually. <laughs> It was like half a sentence and it went away. (laughs) I figured it was the drugs, Ellie. I figured it was those good drugs you're on. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Yeah. (laughs) Now, has, you know, this had to have been extremely, extremely painful. Have you, I mean, is that getting better? Yeah, it was. um, I mean, I've had a few pretty decent falls, and this one was definitely. the most painful of the lot and um but you know I was just so thankful like after I came off my my sweet boy he's just I mean he's only he's a four-year-old stallion and he kind of he ran around in a circle is this the black one to me yeah this is my Frisian oh yeah we mm-hmm. talked about him last time you were on the show yeah, yeah that's right so and it was just so unfortunate um just a complete um accident and um but he was just so sweet he he stood over me he came back around and he stood over top of me for about 40 minutes while we waited for the paramedics to arrive now was anybody else there were you alone i was alone so i was so thankful you had your phone i yeah i always ride with my phone and it's been interesting um people have said to me since my fall that they don't ride with their phones, and they're like, we're definitely going to start riding with our phones well, now. You know, that's an important lesson because I've talked to, we've, we keep saying this over and over again on the shows, a lot of people attach yeah. the phone to their saddle, which is the wrong thing to do. It needs to be on you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. You want to have that. Because you would have been stuck. Or... Mm-hmm. It had, yep, had it I been on the saddle. Move. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. I was so thankful that I had that on me, and um, yeah, it was a lifesaver, literally. Yeah, literally. Well, yeah. you sound great. You sound like the old Ellie. 
we, we <laughs> yeah, have she's uh, not gone anywhere. We have paid for you to go to stuntman school in Hollywood when you're ready. Okay, so you learn to fall better. Okay, um, thank you so much. Yeah, we need to duck and roll. Uh, we need to we need yeah. to learn that a little bit more. Uh, I, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, I'm just kidding around with you. I just. <laughs> oh, I was I was actually looking forward to that trip to Hollywood. <laughs> we actually know a bunch of stuntmen too from the shows for over the years, so we could probably get oh, that God. arranged. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think you're going to have to wait a few months, though. I think I, yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ducking and yeah, rolling but... right now is not on the list. No, uh, yeah. no, definitely not. <laughs> But I think that might be a good plan for um, before I get back on again anyway. Well, your father and I have already had the conversation, because I'm like your big brother. Your father and I have already had the conversation that you're going to want to ride too soon, and we're going to have to handcuff you to the house. So Yeah, I think that could be. Or, or hide my saddles or something at least. Yeah, we're going to have to do something, because uh, you know, you're going to want to get on too soon, and we all know that's going to happen, because you're a horse girl. <laughs> Yeah, I think we all have that problem, don't we? Yes, we do. Well, I got to tell you, you're sitting in a much better shape than two weeks ago if we would have had this conversation. So um, Mm. good for you and good for keeping the positive attitude. And and your daughter looks like she's being a mama hen. Oh, she is. She has just been such a wee honey. And she loves to take care of me. And it's been um, a really, it's been an amazing experience. I mean, although it hasn't been great, I, mean, yeah. I wouldn't wish it upon <laughs> Except anyone. Except for the pain and the broken brought, back part. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. But there's been so many life lessons from this, and um, it's brought us all a lot closer together as well. Well, your daughter does look like she's been there with you every minute, and, and I'm sure it's been tough on her to see mom hurting, too. That can't be easy. She's four years yeah. old, right? Uh, she's seven now. Seven, yep. okay. And, um, yeah, so it has been very tough, and... Um, but she's just so amazing. She holds it together while she's around me, and um, she's had some little cries when she goes home with Nana and Granddad, but um, all in all, I'm so proud. Yeah, she's a cutie. You're lucky. You're lucky to have her. Yeah. Well, (laughs) Ellie, I'm not going to hold you up. Thank you so much for for allowing us to chat with you and allowing everybody to hear your voice. You, you, you You sound like you're still positive and doing well that way, and we're so glad to hear that. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me on. And keep that Star Wars outfit. That's going to come in handy late, later. Oh, boy, yeah. I'm definitely <laughs> keeping this one. <laughs> Thank you, Ellie. Uh, thanks, Take Ryan. care. Well, coming up next, we have Marshall Kelly, who is from TA Guest Ranch, and that is in beautiful Wyoming. And we're going to hear all about that. It's a very historical place, and uh, you might have seen a movie or two that used this guest ranch as well. Well, hi, Marshall. Welcome to the show. Thank you. We appreciate you coming on. I saw a post on Facebook, and that's and, and I saw you driving some Percherons, and I said, well, i got to talk to her. And then I saw the TA Guest Ranch, and I'd never heard of it, and I love talking about uh, ranches. And then I saw that the TA Guest Ranch was part of, uh, was part of history that uh, uh, here in the United States. And also, I, I have seen the movie The Virginian, so it all sort of tied together. I was like, i got to have her on. Well, yeah, that's cool. Well, now tell us a little bit about you. Are you have you been a horse girl forever? What's the story? Well, I was one of the, one of these little girls that um, always wanted to be around horses, but never had the opportunity. I say never. 
didn't have much opportunity to be around them. And uh, my earliest recollection of just really loving horses, horses was when I sat on a horse bareback. And uh, that was so thrilling to me. So in my childhood logic, I uh, saved my jeans. I hid them under the bed so that I could smell them. And, you, know, that was the you were addicted I, from a young age. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, you know, I probably forgot about them, and my mom found them years later. You know, I was like, what in the world? But anyway, um, but yeah, I just was one of these that was just born loving horses. And then I rode any and every chance I got. And uh, my family moved from Louisiana to Wyoming, and I was absolutely in heaven. Uh, my parents were friends with some ranchers, and so we were able to ride their horses in the hayfields and even uh, participate in some cattle drives and things like that. So I I was pretty happy with our move out here, and uh, I just have I really loved horses, and I got my first horse when I was 17, uh, my very own horse. And... Um, I realized that I didn't know a whole lot when I got a two-year-old. <laughs> I thought I could train. Funny and how that works. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I literally sat on her back and I thought, um, what do I do now? <laughs> so I had a friend who came from California. She had been studying under a German man. Uh, she had some very high hopes of uh, going to the Olympics someday. So she was very serious and she said, I'll give you 10 free lessons. So the weird part about the whole thing was that we didn't work on my horse. We worked on me. And that's when I realized that I didn't know as much as I thought I did and that I was not content to just be a passenger. I wanted to learn how to ride. And I just wanted to learn all I could about horses. So that's what started that. And then uh, because I had I switched over to the English way of riding, and uh, we had moved to Powell, Wyoming, and they have a driving club over there. And I, there was a bulletin, uh, because there was an equestrian college there, and they had a six- or seven-week course, driving course, available through the college. And I thought, well, that's really interesting, because we lived where there was a lot of dirt roads, and I had an arena right behind me where we were renting. So um, I just thought that out. I, I uh, had some help with, you know, what harness to get. I had a cart to use, so I trained my mare, and that was when I was really hooked on the driving as well. Well, and that kind yeah. of leads us up to today, and and uh, you, I think you just recently started as one of the drivers of the Percherons at the TA Guest Ranch, right? Yes, I did. And I saw that picture, and Percherons are my favorite breed. I love Percherons. I don't own one right now, but I've owned several in the past, and I just love Percherons. They're the sweetest kindest uh horses and and the, the and the fans all know that because we uh we went to the Percheron Congress last year and hung out for a couple of days it was just a, a lot of fun 
So the TA Guest Ranch is 13 miles south of the town of Buffalo, Wyoming. Uh, and it, it, uh, from the pictures I saw on the website, it is absolutely beautiful. Yes, and especially this year. I mean, it, it's just so lush and green. It's well, not that way every year, but uh, Wyoming is beautiful in all its stages. And, and, of course, when it is green like this, we especially love it because it's Great for the pastures and the cows and the horses and the sheep, you know. Everybody gets a lot of hay, and everybody's happy. I saw you posting, too, on your Facebook page some dramatic uh, cloud photos uh, that you you, uh, you have taken uh, and that have been, you know, you've, you've gotten some, you get some dramatic skies there. It's incredible. And, of course, you have the hills there and everything. So it's a pretty neat area. And it's uh, steeped in history. Tell us about the TA Guest Ranch. Well, the TA Ranch dates back to the latter 1800s, and uh, it's a really beautiful spot. It's um, it's on the let's see, it's on the opposite side of the of the foothills, so it's got quite a view. And there's uh, it's it's real hilly, so it sits out amongst this uh, this openness, and then when you get down below, there's these beautiful huge cottonwood trees and the setting is just it, it's very beautiful country out here there's no doubt crazy woman creek runs right through it crazy woman creek and, yes uh-huh <laughs> okay. yeah there's there's some stories on how that got the, its name too <laughs> um but anyway they are a working cattle ranch and a guest ranch um, they hold some weddings there. They have some cabins, some original cabins that have been updated. And uh, and then, of course, they've got the original barn where the shootout or the standoff occurred in 1892. And, um, and then they have bus tours that come. Um, I think it's five days a week. Um, they just, they, on the route, from Rapid City to Jackson, and the TA is one of their stops. And then people can participate in riding on the wagon, or they can ride horses, or they can uh, watch some round pin demonstrations, or do all three. So there's a lot to do when the bus comes, and they have a chef, they have wonderful food. And uh, they serve us lunch every day before we go out, and we always look forward to that because it's very good. So now, do you do you you drive the wagon with the Percherons? And what are their names, by the way? They are geldings named uh, Star and Dancing Bear. Okay. <laughs> and I just shortened it to Bear, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Star and Bear—that's good names for Percherons. And so you take yeah, them out they're, around. They're... You take them on rides around the farm to kind of see the whole place? Yeah, that's what we do. Okay. Yeah, anybody from the bus tour that wants to hop on, it holds eight people. And so we just wait to fill it up, and then we just go for some tours around on the ranch. This ranch is known, and the barns you talked about there is known uh, for, what it's known for in history books is the Johnson County Range War. 
Um, and, and some people might know what that is, and some might not. But uh, can mm-hmm. you give us just a brief explanation, kind of the Reader's Digest version? Well, yes. Um, it was a war that was between the large cattle ranchers and the small ranchers. And there were some uh, drop in prices. There was very disastrous winter. There was overrange stock. So it forced a lot of the cowboys to become homesteaders and to maintain small herds. So at that time in history, it was open range. Well, um, the, to just kind of fast forward, uh, the large ranchers were wanting to do away with what they were saying was a lot of cattle rustling going on. And uh, they actually came to the TA ranch. They're, they were known as the invaders. And they were actually coming to Buffalo because they had a death list of individuals. And a hit list, that, like, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. some say it was uh, either where, from like 19 to 70, according to different accounts. And they were going to, you know, take care of business. And so they got word that there was a posse of uh, about 200 men coming from Buffalo. So they holed up in the TA ranch barn. And then they were surrounded. And it was a couple of days. So it's pretty amazing to stand in that barn and see the bullet holes and actually to see the carved out board that they used, you know, to put their rifles through there. And um, Yeah, it is something. I mean, so basically what happened was you had the you had the large ranch holders, the, the cattle barons, had hired all these people to go out and uh, make a lesson of some of the smaller cattle ranchers. Uh, who were just trying to all fight for the same grass, pretty much, uh, to graze yeah. on. And, uh, you know, once they killed one or two, the, uh, the the smaller cattle ranchers all got together with the local county sheriffs and, and stuff and formed their own posse. There were a couple hundred of them surrounded the barns. And there was a mm-hmm. shootout for days until the president stepped in. Yes, yes. Benjamin Harrison ordered the troops to intervene. And it said that the charges were brought against many of those who participated in the invasion. But in the end, none of the invaders of the Johnson County War were convicted. Now, the, the, the cattle baron people, you know, basically hired guns. All, uh, they brought them back. I remember this story. They brought them back to the fort. And they were supposed to be under arrest, you know, the ones they took out of the barn that were left. And they were supposed to be under arrest, and, and they, they weren't really under arrest. And then they eventually just all disappeared. They all let them go. <laughs> just Yeah. Went. Yeah, it, you know, it could have been a pretty nasty thing here in Buffalo, but there was some lives lost on both sides. and uh, Well, there was hard feelings. You know, you talk about the, you know, Hatfields and McCoys there in West Virginia. There were hard feelings here, and there were, you know, there were shootings and murders that all stemmed from this for years after. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I understood out that happened out here too. Yeah, and that's and, the uh, same that it was the same out where you were. They were just uh, you know, if they saw somebody that was one of the uh hired hit men, they they took him out or vice versa and it was uh it was just hard feelings for for many many years, decades. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you know that barn is very cool. I mean, the the wood planks are just really worn. You walk those big horses in there, and uh, you know, in those days, the wood was just so huge. You know, just so hefty. So it's really with the, the all of the horses in and out, and the the, the thresholds are no longer square. You know, they're all rounded off from the horses' feet going in and out of the barn. It just reeks with history. I mean, that there's carvings, people's names carved. Uh, people have written on the board. You see writing from um, 1926. Um, you know, and they, they have left all of that intact. Well, isn't the and, cookhouse uh, where they actually do the cooking, wasn't that the original cookhouse from, like, the late 1800s? Yes. Uh-huh. There's, an, there's an ice house. And, well, that's um, very cool. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's some cabins and yeah it's a beautiful setting down there there's no doubt I want to get there it. someday I think that would be fun I have never been to Wyoming and that's one of the that's on my bucket list so oh you're gonna have you're gonna have to come Wyoming is it's an amazing place there's only 470,000 people in the whole state so uh, there's a lot of BLM and state land, so when we go ride, it's basically out here. It's like, okay, which direction do you want to go? So when I hop on my horse and go ride on some of those the state land, I I just kind of pretend like I own it all, you know. <laughs> you can ride can forever. I mean, you could ride for days. Oh, yeah, you yeah. can. Yeah. Well, that that's and especially this year, it is just it's just drop dead gorgeous out here. Well, it is. Uh, the website, if you want to check it out, is taranch.com, taranch.com. If you're heading out to Wyoming and need a place to stay and uh, want to stay in a place that has uh, oodles of history and unbelievable scenery, then uh, check it out. Glenn the Geek here. The life of horse person is hard enough, and we all hate doing the required paperwork, and unfortunately many of us never get around to it, and it just piles up on our desk. That is about to change thanks to the Equisketch Records app for your iPhone or iPad. My wife and I use it to track our horses, and we absolutely love this thing. Equisketch Records is the most thorough and complete equestrian records app on the market today. We love this app because you can track your farrier work, your dental, your Coggins, medicines, worming, and so much more. And you can get reminders on your device when all of these things are due. You'll never forget a worming or shots or farrier visit again. But it not only tracks your horse, you can also manage your horse shows, including individual events. You can manage riders, including lessons and memberships and so much more. And you can sync it between your iPhone and your iPad, and all of this for the price of a couple of cups of coffee from Starbucks. Search for Equisketch Records in the iOS App Store or go to Equisketch.com. That's E-Q-U-I-S-K-E-T-C-H.com. Equisketch.com. Next up, we're going to talk about growing your small equine business or growing your equine small business or just growing your equine business. It could be big for for goodness sakes. Uh, We have Buck Harris, who is the vice president and manager of community lending at Community Investment Corporation. 
that is a company that lends money to businesses like yours, small businesses. Um, and the money actually comes from the United States Small Business Administration. So uh, the funding comes from the feds. Yahoo! And um, Buck is an expert in both business planning, business modeling, finance, and of course, lending. And he's going to talk to us about what kinds of things you want to think about when you are planning on improving your farm, whether that means putting up an indoor arena, repairing fencing, buying large equipment like tractors, or even um, making an investment in sales and marketing to attract more clients. So we're going to hear from Buck. Welcome back, Buck, to the Stable Scoop Radio Show. We're happy to have you on today. Thank you. It's good to be here again. So we're going to talk about um, the small or not so small equestrian business owner. It's typically a boarding stable. Um, It could be a racing stable. It could be a veterinary practice. But it's the equestrian farm owner who uh, made it through this winter. It didn't matter where you are in the United States. It was a tough winter. Um, Made it through this winter and is now starting to think about either growing their business or making repairs, things that happened over the winter. I know we had a lot of roofs that caved in and wear and tear on these farms. So I'm a equestrian business owner. I'm thinking about making some kind of improvement to my farm, some kind of investment. What yep. What's the first thing that I need to consider when I, let's say I'm, I'm walking out of my farm and I'm like, you know what? I really need an indoor arena. I just, I cannot survive another winter without an indoor. What's the first thing I need to do? Well, the first thing you should think about is, will there be a return on my investment? So if I'm going to put up an indoor arena, it should be an investment in my business and it should produce cash to pay for itself and to put some money in my pocket for all the hard work of building it, maintaining it, and making it available to people. So return on investment is pretty much the first thing that I think any business should think about when they're looking at um, doing some kind of improvements. Okay, so they have to, they, they can't just spend the money on it because they want it. <laughs> it, has to, it has to pay them back in some way. Right. I mean, great to spend money on things you want if you have deep pockets and you can just go, you know, it'd be really nice to put up all new fencing. But if your fencing is keeping the horses in and it looks good, um, but you'd rather have a different kind, it probably doesn't make sense to, you know, to make that investment. Well, and I guess That's I guess the, it depends on whether you're, you, you, what you just said, the deep pockets and uh, somebody who's doing it for, uh, you know, just for their own benefit and have the money to do it, or it's a completely different story, I guess, if you're trying to borrow the money in some way. It really is. And if yeah. you're going to borrow the money, um, you either have to show that you've already got the revenues to you know, the, the spare cash, as it were, from your revenues to pay back the loan, in which case you really don't even need much of a, a written plan to borrow the money. Most banks will, banks or alternative lenders like Community Investment Corp will be more than happy to look at your historical cash flow and go, sure, you can afford a $50,000 loan. You know, it's right. You can just keep doing what you're doing. Um, but lots of times, you know, in the event of, let's say, a big investment like a an indoor ring, um, you know, that might be a $200,000 bill or a $150,000 bill, and the payments will be three or $4,000 a month. You 
really will need to show that this is what the indoor ring is going to do for you. So how many additional lessons can I do because I can do lessons over the summer? What can I charge for each lesson? What's the cost of an instructor? Am I going to do it myself? And, you know, how is that going to net out in some kind of cash flow that's going to make sense to both the bank and to my pocket? Because ultimately, we all need to get paid for our, for our trouble at the end of the day. At least you know, that's, that's, that's in theory. That's, that's yeah, the way it should work. That's the hard part, I think, for um, most farm owners. They understand that by making this investment in their business, it's going to attract more business. It's going to grow their their business. It's going to gain more customers. But putting that down on paper, showing how that is going to happen seems to be a big obstacle. Um, you know, you can sit down at the end of the day. I mean, if your brain isn't fried from riding 10 horses and you have to sit down with a spreadsheet, don't you? And actually say, this is how much I make now. This is, you know, how many lessons I can teach. This is how many new clients I think I'm going to get because I have an indoor arena. Is there any help for somebody in that kind of planning or do they need to just put those numbers down and then go to a bank or go to an alternative lender and say, here's what I have? Is there support for them in these endeavors? There is help. Every state uh, in the U.S. has actually, I believe, two different free opportunities, at least two. One is, and they're both funded by the Small Business Administration, one is called SCORE, S-C-O-R-E, and that is the the group of, it was originally retired executives who um, volunteer their services to provide free consulting support to small business owners or small business owner wannabes. Um, so if you were a, had a horse business and were looking for help, you could go to SCORE. With any luck at all, they'd have someone who's familiar with the business. Sometimes they don't. Um, you know, the horse business... We tried that, edge. actually, when we had our big boarding stable, and, and it was they, they, they don't was what it <laughs> okay. was there. Yeah, we didn't have much luck there. <laughs> um, well, you know, and, and that's, that's, that's hit or miss, too, because... You know, in Connecticut, they might. In New York, they might not. You know, it just depends because there's probably 12 score chapters in Connecticut alone, and those people kind of come and go. So, you, you know, you might hit it right. There's also the Small Business Development Centers, or SBDC. We live in a world of acronyms. Um, they can be very helpful. And, again, it's, it's a hit-or-miss moment. Um, and there are also WBDCs, which are Women's Business Development Centers, and there's one of those in Connecticut, and they're, um, you know, again, you, you, you might hit it right. If you get a good counselor, a business model is a business model is a business model at the end of the day. They may not know the horse business very well, and they'll have to depend on your good common sense around the assumptions that you create. Uh, if you're going to put up a barn with stalls and, and lease them out, um, they're not going to know about shavings and hay, but the business owner darn well ought to know what it costs to feed a horse and, and keep shavings in the stall, uh, you know, for a month. So, but as far as actually creating a plan, um, they'll have spreadsheets and whatnot that you can kind of massage or plug and play a little bit, and in, in, in that way you'll be able to look at the, the full picture. Uh, and, and so that can be really helpful. And I think that the biggest problem I see is that when people go for help, they don't have any history. They haven't 
done their due diligence on the front end. They haven't kept QuickBooks up to date or kept spreadsheets with all of their costs and their income. And so then it's really hard to build a plan because you don't have anything to work from. It's all kind of in someone's head. Uh, and that's a dangerous place to keep information if you're me. Or me. <laughs> so if You never know how that's going to be twisted around in there, right? <laughs> yeah. So let's say um, I want to buy... I have an indoor arena. I have a farm. Things are going great. But um, I think I could save money if I start managing my own manure or I start managing my own on-farm construction projects and I want to make an investment in, say, a backhoe or some kind of large tractor. You know, um, is the process different than, let's say, approaching a lender for a real estate purchase or some smaller loan? What about equipment? How does that work? Well, I think the best bet for any equipment purchase is actually finance it through whomever you're buying the equipment from. Uh, typically, they have lots of different avenues, and, it, and it's quick and easy. The equipment is collateralized because it is what it is. It's like buying a used car. You know, you walk in, you can, no matter what your credit looks like, you might have a high rate, but you can walk off the lot with a car in, in like a day. And used equipment is, is the same way, um, or new equipment. I mean, either way, they're, you're going you're gonna to get quick financing and probably a pretty darn good deal if you do it that way. When you, uh, say, it's collateral, very small. When you say it's collateralized, it means that the lender can take, can take that piece of equipment if you don't pay for it. They can repossess it. Exactly. If I'm, if I'm loaning you money for marketing and it doesn't work out, you know, I don't want your brochures. They're not worth anything to me <laughs> or your website, you know. So when you're, when you're loaning money for a hard asset like a, like a backhoe or a tractor, yeah, if it doesn't work out, I just come with my uh, hook and take it back, you know, and at least I've recovered most of my, my, uh, my risk. But if I'm loaning money for, um, you know, things that aren't assets, then the plan becomes paramount and the risk is a lot higher for the lender. And this is where banks often, uh, depending on what the balance sheet of that business looks like, a bank will often not be as interested in, in you know, financing that stuff. And that's why there are alternative lenders out there <clears throat> that are uh, driven by the SBA or by other nonprofit sources, um, uh, even the USDA, uh, to help small businesses get the cash that they need to, to grow. So, Buck, now I have a question for you. You see a lot of loan applicants that come in there, and uh, you know you're not you're not a bank. You're a you're a you're a different form of lending uh, operation, but it's, you require a lot of the same things. What's the thing that you see that uh, people fall down on the most as far as their tracking, their record keeping? Do you know what I'm asking? I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> I and by mean, the way, it'll be the same thing that I would fall down on, so go ahead. Yeah, well, you know, it's a struggle for everybody. It's a complex world out there, and when you're trying to run a business, sometimes the last thing you want to do is put a pen to paper and keep track of your expenses and your income in a real way. Um, but I, I think that one of the big mistakes people make is they they pocket money. So, you know, there's this temptation out there to not record well, all see, of your income. And we're in a business where doing lessons and stuff, it's easy to do. And and you do look at it kind of as free money, right? 
it does feel that way. Yep, I got a pocket full of cash. Life is good. But then right. when I want that new fence or I want to put up that, you know, Oops. annex on my barn or buy that tractor, I'm not showing any income. So on the one hand, I I see people that I know they're running successful businesses, um, but they show so little income because they're saving money on their taxes by not reporting it that I can't get them a loan. So my take on it is always charge enough so that you can pay your taxes and then you can grow your business. And if you don't pay your taxes, you really can't grow your business because no bank or alternative lender is going to want to do business with you. And that's just the, the, you know, the way it is. And everybody knows that it's, you're going to put some cash in your pocket. I mean, I had a food business for years. I'd take home a gallon of milk when I needed it. You know, that's just the way it is. But the less of that you can do and the more you can actually keep a sharp pencil to your, your finances, the better you're going to be able to manage those finances and paying your taxes will come real easy. So I think that that's kind of the, the biggest thing that I see. And I can see that because, you know, we had the same problem, too. When we had our big farm, we had about 25 uh, horses there and doing training and stuff. And some people pay you cash. And, of course, you you know, of course, I reported every penny of that. But when, of you, got, yeah, when you got down to, uh, you know, when you got down to needing a loan or trying to do something like that, it was a problem. I mean, it was a serious problem because your income was showing it was great at tax time, not so good when you needed to, to get a mortgage. Yeah, and it's really, you know, being short, short-sighted at the end of the day. You know what? Fences wear out. Barns need new roofs. Um, you know, horses need to be replaced. And so if you don't have a, a strong profit and loss statement at the end of the day because you've got money stashed or you're just spending money, you know, that's coming in and not reporting it, um, it just never serves the small business owner in the long run. It's just a bad idea. The other thing that I see yeah, is... but that's hard. It, that is so hard, Buck. Well, you know, discipline, it's all about... It's, I know. <laughs> as I would say to Helena, it's all about learning to keep but the horse in the bridle. But we're horse people, and horse people <laughs> have a tough time with that. Just saying. I know, I know. But <laughs> think, of it, think of it in terms of keeping the horse in the bridle. You know, when the horse is in the bridle, life is good. So, you, you know, you... you uh, if you think of your own finances the same way, you know, the other mistake people make is they put things on charge cards and they'll come to us with a bunch of charge card debt and say, geez, I, I got a little carried away. I'm up to, you know, $30,000 on charge card debt. It's not hard to do these days. It's easy to get that much credit. Um, can I refinance that? Nobody wants to refinance charge card debt anymore. So is that right? That used to be a big thing. They used to love to do that. No, nobody wants to play that game anymore. Ever since the uh, economy tanked and people got burned, um, nobody wants to refinance charges. Yeah, because you go and refinance it. Your company goes and refinances my $30,000 credit card debt. Guess what I do? I run up another $30,000 in credit card debt. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) So now I got your loan and my $30,000 in credit card debt. And, you know, one late payment on a credit card and your rate's 29%. So this is what I see a lot of is... You know, absolutely good intention small business owners who don't borrow appropriately when they can. So my motto is borrow when you don't need it. Be look ahead. Banks and and uh, nonprofit lenders love it when you walk in and say, "I've got a plan for Jan." You know, it's it's May. I've got a plan for January, and I want to start looking at my financing alternatives. 
and instead of someone saying, gee, let's just get that done and put it on a charge card. So this way, you know, you've, you've done your homework. There's lots of different ways to borrow money. There's a lot of different rates and, and amortization. You know, you can get a five-year, a 10-year, 20-year loan. And all of that affects your cash flow at the end of the day. So if you're planning and you're thinking it through, um, you can get your best deal. You can structure your loan appropriately. And at the end of the day, you'll just be uh, you'll sleep a lot better, without question. And I love that quote, borrow money when you don't need it. And I've heard that so many times, uh, people complaining, and you, you've heard it a million times, people complaining, well, when I need the money is when I want to borrow it. I, you know, yeah. if I don't need it, I don't want to borrow it. So, Well, yeah. you know, if let's say you wanted to start a barn, and you had $50,000 saved, and you spent that money to get your barn up and running, and then it didn't take off the way you thought it would come to us for a loan, we can't help you. you. You know, you've got nothing. The thing didn't take off. It's a big risk for us. If you come to us with $50,000 in the bank and say, I need another 50, I'm pretty much getting my checkbook out. So that's really the, you know, that's really the way it works. You're a much stronger borrower, a much lower risk when you're sitting there with the, the cash in your pocket um, and, and you've got a plan. So it, it really boils down to that. Planning is really critical for bankers and and uh, alternative lenders. We love a good plan. Very good. And so the moral of the story today is borrow when you don't need it, have your business plan right, and deposit those cash payments. Absolutely. Yeah, create a strong balance sheet. You know, it's a fun thing to do to look at your profit and loss statement every month and say, hey, we made money every month this year, and then try to beat those numbers next year. That's how you grow a business. You just described 1% of the horse people. They made money. <laughs> well, it's probably one percent of the whole economy, but it's true. You know, another another good slogan is: if you don't measure it, you can't grow it. So it's best to well, uh, to really measure your. You know, how was February last year, and what's it going to look like next year, and what are we going to do differently so we have a plan? And and that's just a, and a, that's a, hard. You know, I know it's hard. I'm a horse person too, so it's hard. We like to. Glenn, you're letting them all off the hook. It's well, not I, that hard. I, well, <laughs> it is hard because you know because I've been there, and you. It, but you're right. You have to force yourself to do it. I mean, that's just because it's hard doesn't mean you don't do it. Um, well, you know, with it, like anything, if you cut hair or you ride horses, you have a passion, and typically. Keeping records is not your passion. Yeah, and you know, but cooks are the same way, right? Worth, Restaurant owners the same way. You know, yeah, food truck yeah. people would rather cook than do books. So, but it yeah. or cook the books, as <laughs> KCB. But but there's but there's uh, you know there's something to be said for outsourcing that, hiring a bookkeeper. That's not an expensive proposition, and it's something that I think would serve every uh, small uh, business owner. And by so. the way, the biggest mistake we we made in the two businesses we had before this one was not having a bookkeeper. We had it, we, we were doing it internally and that is the biggest mistake we made. We would have hired that out. Yeah. Every good bookkeeper yeah. will pay for themselves a couple times over. So, yeah. and you're right. It's not that, in the relatively speaking, it's not that expensive. Matter of fact, there's no. online services now. I, there's really cool online services now that will do it uh, for you that uh, aren't, you know, that are legitimate resources that are not expensive at all. Um, no, like eighty. I've got a group that's eighty dollars a month now. Yeah, you know, it's cl it's on the cloud. You don't even have to have the yeah. server capacity or anything. Well, uh, get the name of it. What's the name fee. of that? Because um, people ask me. <laughs> well, Julie Muncaster. Julie Muncaster is the uh, owner of the business. You think okay. I'm going to be able to remember the name of it? Yeah, and I'm, I'm trying to remember the name of the one I dealt with too. That was a hundred dollars a month, and they do your books for a for a pretty good size small business. 
Um, it was online. I can't remember it now. You know, there's there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them out there. Um, and most of them uh, use, and, and, and you probably, if you use QuickBooks or you use Quicken or whatever, most of them end up use, are using the same thing so they can just convert your, they can just take the books you already have and, uh, and, and you know, use the same thing. They're just doing it, they're doing it right. <laughs> so, that's exactly, <laughs> exactly. And what's okay, your website, by the way? What is the website for your business? It's CIC, as in Community Investment Corporation, CIC Lending. Dot com And there's lots of good business planning tools on there. So uh, feel free to hop on and check it out. CICLending.com. Thanks, Buck. Well, Helena, we are only two months away from getting to see you at, at the uh, ADA again up in there in Philadelphia. I cannot wait. It's a fun time at ADA, and it's a super fun time because... And I like the summer one much better. There's no snow, no blizzards. <laughs> no, no kidding. No zero degrees. Oh, I know. It's, it's much know. better going up there in the summertime. I so know. Even though we're all that. looking at, like, winter apparel because, you know... That's right. Believe it or not, the, the equestrian industry is kind of like the fashion industry. You know, all the winter stuff gets showcased in the summer so that we can, you know, place our orders and have everything in stock for you by the time Christmas comes. And it's always fun too because they always have the Christmas gifts out too. So uh, that that'll be fun to. That's always one of my favorite ones is the August show because of the Christmas gifts. I know that's the fun one for like the cash and carry. Yes, <laughs> it is fun for cash and carry. We're looking forward to that. So anyway, everybody, we're going to wrap it up here before Helena's uh, internet dies again. Uh, you can find our app. Uh, it's the best way to listen to our show here at Stable Scoop. Just search for Horse Radio Network in the iOS or Android app store, and you'll find uh, it's free, it's easy, it's the simplest way to listen to Stable Scoop and all the other eight shows on the network. And also, you can go to StableScoop.com to find all the past episodes that we've been doing here for the last seven years. And Helena can be found at? You can find me at FlirtingWithTheWorld.com. Um, there's a link. You can send me messages, ask questions. You can even post your own stories at FlirtingWithTheWorld.com. And I just looked. I don't see any bikini pictures. You're going to have to check back. Okay. All right, everybody. Keep checking back. Um, Because that'll be the first time she's ever done that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No kidding. It's a reality moment. Let me tell you. Um, And many thanks to our sponsors. We appreciate them being on board. Uh, Well, Helena, let's just call it quits. That's it for today. Oh, that is plenty. But there will be more next week. Until then, happy scooping. (laughs) 